Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I burned the tip off my finger earlier today, so it's all uphill from there. Or all downhill? I don't know. Happy to be with you. Happy to have something to take my mind off of the burn. It's fine. Don't worry. It's not serious. I'm just being dramatic. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. we got a lot of stuff to get to today. The uh, Big Sky State games are underway. That means the Montana Mile played out over the weekend. It was also the Montana State Amateur Golf Tournament over the weekend. So we'll give you an update on those two things. Missoula Battleheads kept on rolling uh, and got oh so close to a a first-half record, but still... Uh, a first half pennant for Missoula. Now the uh, the second half of the season starts tomorrow. So we got Paddleheads tickets for you coming up. 406-888-1029. Remember that number. Call or text anytime. Most of today's show is brought to you by, well, you. <laughs> you guys, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago now, we were just uh, rambling on and talking and, and uh, having fun like we do. And I prompted you to... Text us at 406-888-1029 and let us know what you wanted us to talk about. So, you guys are so great. You, you, you filled up the inbox and then some. It's actually probably going to take us the rest of the summer to get to all of it. I think we had, uh, I mean, quite a few. Real, I would say at least, I don't know, 30 good ideas and uh, a whole lot more engagement than that. It's not that some of them were bad. It's just some of them are... Common talking points are maybe down the list, but we're going to get to a lot of them, including this was a very simple one, but a very good one. Somebody said, hey, how about uh, you analyze the projected starting lineups and the projected sort of two-deep depth chart 
For the Grizz and the Cats, headed into the uh, 2023 season, or I guess fall camp, which comes up here uh, in just a couple weeks. Great idea. So we will. Uh, so we'll do that here as part of the Montana Football Hour right off the top. I also, we, we got through some of the um, committed in-state recruits, some of the best prospects in Montana that have given their pledge. But how about a couple of the other best prospects in Montana that haven't? There's quite a few uh, really good players, uh, including several from Bozeman High School, and uh, that's sort of a trend, so we'll analyze that a little bit as well. Bozeman High, th- there's several high schools that have become factories when it comes to producing Division I ready products. Um, mostly guys that are going to the Cats and the Grizz. But uh, Bozeman High School is certainly among, if not the best program right now when it comes to churning out high school prospects. And I think there's some reasons for that. So we'll talk about that uh, a little bit as well. Also, there's some great talent still down in the Valley, uh, down in the Bitterroot Valley. Hamilton was the Class A state champions two years ago and then a Final Four team a year ago. And Florence won back-to-back Class B state championships. So a lot of the best football being played down there in the Bitterroot. Florence... For just being a Class B school, pretty amazing. They've already sent three young men to Division I, uh, all three of them going to Montana State. And uh, they have a couple other prospects as well. So pretty impressive what they've been able to do uh, down there uh, in the Bitterroot Valley. Hour number two, uh, we got a new TV. And if you've seen some of these smart TVs, they come with a remote. They have like these default buttons on it. Well, I wasn't actually there in person for the purchasing of this TV, so uh, this one came without the ESPN Plus button. <laughs> we all have our apps. Uh, I think very unsurprisingly, I'm on the uh, ESPN Plus app very frequently. We also have an ESPN MT app. If you'd like to download it, you can follow here, live, archived, plus Grizz Hockey, Grizz Lacrosse as well. So download that ESPN MT app. But I'm on the ESPN Plus app more often than not. Well, It doesn't have a default ESPN Plus on the remote, so... Against my uh, better judgment, I've been watching some Netflix. There's some good stuff on there. We've talked about the American Gladiators for sure. Uh, I also watched uh, the Wham! documentary last night. More on that later on as well. Uh, Fascinating characters, especially George Michael. I mean, you probably already are intrigued by the guy, but uh, and rest in peace to George Michael. But the rise to fame and and just how organic it used to be able to to occur... uh, just so interesting. So we'll talk about that later on. But I'm also watching what the rest of you are watching, and we've gotten a bunch of texts about this as well. Quarterback, the Netflix documentary produced by Peyton Manning, featuring uh, sort of uh, inside the life of three NFL quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, who's, I think, unquestionably the best player in the NFL, certainly one of the biggest stars in the National Football League right now. Kirk Cousins, and this is why all you guys are texting me, you're trolling me, you got to watch quarterback. You're going to like Kirk Cousins more. Man, I don't I don't like him anymore. I empathize with him as a person, but as a quarterback, I, I don't know. I, I have the, we're going to get into it later on, but we'll talk the quarterback docuseries on Netflix, plus some more NFL. None of the best running backs in the league. Some of the, uh, none of the, uh, the most prominent running backs in the league can get a contract. So that's an interesting dynamic as well. Where have all the running backs gone? Or I guess where has all the respect for all the running backs gone? 
We shall discuss that in hour number two as well. And then we also have Mark Peterson coming on. Uh, these guys called me, and it's an interesting event. Uh, I don't know what I think of the name of the organization, but I do think that they're doing this all in good fun and for a good cause. These guys run a little club called Lard Butt, and it's sort of making fun of weekend warriors and people that are past their primes. I, I don't think that they're trying to shame or make fun of uh, overweight people. I, I think it's more self-deprecating towards themselves. Anyways, this is sort of fun, sort of funny, but it also raises some money and uh, food donations for good causes. So Mark Peterson of Lardbutt will come on and talk about their 1K race. That's right, a 1K. <laughs> Pretty funny. Most of these are 5K, 10K, 26.2 miles, a lot farther than 1K. Uh, but these guys are taking donations for uh, the food bank, and they're raising money. And so it is a, it's a community event. More than 1,000 people showed up for this thing last year. I had no idea. I'd never heard about this until um, a couple of the guys from the organization got in touch with me. So we'll just help spread the word. That's what we do uh, around here. I guess interested to learn more about what this Lard But 1K uh, is all about. It's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here uh, on your Monday. You want to stream the show, you always can. 1029ESPN.com. Or, of course, on the ESPN MT app. And remember this number, 406-888-1029. That's going to get you a chance to win some Paddleheads tickets. Actually, let's just do it right now. We'll give away one of the pairs right now. 406-888-1029. Caller number two. The Paddleheads start the second half of the season tomorrow night in Missoula. Uh, first pitch a little after 7 p.m. down there uh, at the Paddlehead Stadium. So call us right now. Call number two, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests now and throughout the show will join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. Let's dive into the Montana football hour. It's going to be all football today. That's pretty fun. It's crazy that it's only July 17th, but guess what? The football season's like 50 days away. Crazy. I hate wishing time away. I'm, I'm trying to always enjoy the moment. It's hard. It's human nature to think about the past, plan for the future, but I, I do think you find way more satisfaction in your life if you just enjoy the here and the now. But uh, we are trying to enjoy the here and the now by having fun but not too serious football conversations leading up to the 2023 uh, football season. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been around for almost 70 years, and they've done a su- such a great job of helping communities, especially rural communities around Montana and Idaho, connect. They're great at building networking from the institution of getting landlines and office networking set up years and years ago to now their installation of fiber and the interconnectivity they, that they provide from a new age angle. Uh, Blackfoot Communications uh, your go-to spot for you and your small business. Visit goblackfoot.com. A, a couple non-football notes before we get into the football discussion. Weston Brown, have yourself a year, young man. What an outstanding calendar year it has been for the Bozeman High now graduate. He's headed to Princeton, and there's several reasons why. He's an incredibly smart young man. He also uh, had an unbelievable year this last year. He was the Gatorade uh, Cross Country Runner of the Year this last fall. Won the Class AA state championship. Then this last spring, he won three individual state titles and shattered the all-class record in the boys' mile, the 1,600 meters. 
Then he went out and won the two-mile at the Nike Outdoor National Championships. And uh, now, on Friday night, he won the Montana Mile in resounding fashion. He, he finished seven seconds and change, clear of the uh, entire field. I would argue it's it's crazy because last year I thought I thought that the sort of the calendar year that Duncan Hamilton had from the indoor championships last year until the regionals this year that's it's more like that was probably more like a 15 month deal even even if you say outdoor track season last year through the regionals this year I would have said Duncan Hamilton from Montana State who's also a Bozeman High product I would have said that's the greatest at least in in my memory or, or in the modern era sort of calendar year for a, for a runner, for a distance runner in Montana. It's apples to oranges, certainly. Duncan Hamilton was competing. And by the way, Duncan Hamilton did not run in this Montana mile. He was scheduled to go, but he did not do it. He's coming off of an eighth-place finish at the United States Track and Field Championships, his first race as a pro uh, in the 3K steeplechase. So I think he was just a little bit worn down. I mean, he'd, he'd made a run at that world qualifying time at regionals and at nationals for college, and then at the uh, the outdoor championships for the professional ranks as well. So I think he was just a little worn down. That's why he didn't participate in this Montana mile. But Weston Brown, I, again, I know it's apples to oranges. Duncan Hamilton certainly competing against a higher level of competition at the collegiate and then now the professional ranks. But Weston Brown, to shatter an all-class record, which has stood for a really long time, and the distance records in Montana are absolutely legit, and to win the cross-country championship, and to be the Gatorade runner of the year in both cross-country and track and field, that's never happened before on the male side. There's been three young ladies that have done that before, the double-dip cross-country and track uh, Gatorade runners of the year, but that never happened on the boys' side. So he has Gatorade runners of the year times two, state championship in cross-country, three state championships in track and field, and... uh, an all-class state record, then he wins a national championship at the Nike Outdoors, and then he wins the Montana Mile in resounding fashion and even uh, sort of flirted uh, with the record. Uh, Really, really good year for Weston Brown. Congratulations to him. He's going to do big things with his life and uh, likely have a great career there uh, out at Princeton. On the women's side in the Montana Mile, Sydney Littlelight, another very uh, familiar name. She was an All-American and a national champion at Rocky Mountain College. She's a Harden product who then ran right up the road there in Billings. And she won the uh, the Montana women's uh, mile by two seconds. Sage Brooks, a Missoula Hellgate product, who spent last year at Syracuse and now is on her way to Oregon State. She was second in the uh, the women's Montana mile. But Sydney Littlelight, certainly she's a star. That's her second straight Montana mile win. Uh, she ran it in 4.56 and change, which is an outstanding time for her. And then after the race, she announced some big news. So she's already won a national championship at uh, Rocky Mountain College at the NAIA ranks, but she's headed to Eastern Kentucky for a graduate transfer year. For those that don't know, Eastern Kentucky is one of the premier distance running programs in the country. I, I'm not really sure the reasons why. Uh, I'm imagining there must, must be some sort of terrain or mountains in Eastern Kentucky that that proves or that, that serves as a training ground for them. But Eastern Kentucky certainly. Uh, one of the only programs that's on par with, say, a Northern Arizona. So certainly Sydney Little, like getting that opportunity, is really cool. And we'll see how she does at the Division One level. But her times are are translatable. I think she will be good, if not great, at the D1 level as well. Uh, so that's a, a short update on what's going on at the Big Sky State Games. And then at the uh, Montana State AM this last weekend, 
at Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda. Nathan Bailey was in first place uh, following Thursday's round and Friday's round, and he's just got to be sick to his stomach because he shot a, a 71 on Saturday, which is good, but Joey Moore shot his third straight 69. That forced a playoff uh, between those two, uh, as well as a, a third golfer as well. And that uh, playoff, everybody parred the first hole, and then they rolled into a second playoff hole, and Joey Moore nails a birdie. So he wins his uh, second, U, uh, or excuse me, Montana State Am Championship, his first since 2019. Nathan Bailey, who was in the lead after day one and day two, he uh, was a three-time Montana State AM champion dating back to 2010 through 2012. Uh, so there's a lot of good golfers right now uh, in the state of Montana. Also, Sean Benson of Billings was, was in that mix and in the playoffs as well. But sort of the story was that Nathan Bailey had the lead after two rounds, but then Joey Moore uh, comes storming back and uh, ends up birdieing the second playoff hole to win his uh, second state am. So there you go. That's an update on all things uh, championship-oriented or, I guess, uh, sporting events going on here in the state of Montana right now. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for joining us here uh, on the the height of summer Monday, I'd have to say. it's I'm hot in here. I did hot yoga earlier today. That was dumb because <laughs> it's so hot outside. But I needed to get it in. You know, we're off the air Thursday and Friday because I got, uh, got a golf tournament coming up. It's uh, one of the things I look forward to all summer long. One of the few times I'll ever miss this show explicitly for something that doesn't involve work. Although this is a great uh, promotional deal for me and for us. I, I get to play with a lot of guys I know, and it, that's fun. But also, you know, I mean... We talk a lot of sports, <laughs> so it's good for us to just let people know about you know what we got going on here. I've met some good friends, some good clients, some great supporters of this show out there at this tournament at uh, the Country Club, so should be fun. Anyways, I was doing the yoga earlier today to limber up, but if you are watching on TV or on the app and uh, you see the beads of sweat, it's real. <laughs> it's not uh, transposed. Uh, Andrew Houghton uh, joining us here now on Nuanas Now at the uh, Montana Football Hour. I meant to ask you both these last week. And I don't really know who my top of mind really is. I got one answer, I guess. But forever, if I was, well, not forever, but there was moments in time where the stars in the Big Sky Conference, I was to ask you who the biggest star was. You'd have several guys right off the top of your head, if not one definitive guy. I think that's a lot more spread out now. If I was to ask you just point blank, who is the biggest star in Big Sky Conference football coming into this year, who would you say? I would say Hayden Hatton. I think that's right. How many people that follow Montana and Montana State know about Hayden Hatton? Uh, hopefully all of them. I profiled him on Skyline Sports last year. Yep, it's a great story. Uh, he's yeah, a, he's I, a hilarious quote because he is just, uh, the, the confidence he plays in uh, plays with comes through when he's talking. Definitely. I mean, you can see it in, in everything he does. The confidence comes through on the field, on the sidelines. Everywhere, uh, yeah, we were. He's had a little bit of an unorthodox route to the top, right? Because he was For really sure. good. He in wasn't the even listed season. at the right position until right now. Correct. He, he was listed as a tight end all year last year. Well, he came in and he had a good uh, sort of like freshman season in the spring season as a tight end, and then he was hurt all the the twenty twenty one fall season, and then he was great last year. So he, there's not been a ton of time for people to like pick up on who he is. Yeah, that's true. 
see, here's the here's the thing. Here's the, here's the best part for us, but also maybe one of the tenuous parts about the Big Sky as a whole. Almost all of the who's the biggest of this storylines are dictated by who do the people in Montana know about because the people in Montana make up such a vast majority of the Big Sky fan base. I do think that if Hayden Hatton has even just a good first month of the, this uh, upcoming season, he's he's going to be a household name even around here. I'm just hearkening back to like when Cooper Cup and Kendrick Bourne was in the league. And, you know, you talk to Grizz fans on the street or you talk to Bobcat fans. Oh, what games are you looking forward to on the schedule? Oh, man, I can't wait for Eastern Washington to come here. But, man, that cup guy, that cup guy almost always kills us. That guy's scary. I wish we had that guy. Haven't heard quite that water cooler talk about Hayden Hatton yet. But because he's getting hyped, he's getting hyped here. He's getting hyped on a variety of Big Sky and FCS podcasts. He's getting hyped by our guy Sam Herter, uh, Hero Sports. So it's building. And if he goes out and has a couple big games early for Idaho, I think he's right there. I think the other one is is Tommy Mallott, and I think that's so much based on his background and his story as much as his production. His numbers, when you look at them, are good, especially for a guy that's been hurt and knocked out of the lineup several times. But there's certainly no, no, not any sort of record-breaking. But the thing that does stand out is his win-loss record. Tommy Mallott, in fact, has only lost one game in which he started and finished that game. That was against Oregon State last year. Other than that, he's undefeated in games in which he starts and finishes the game. And the Cats, uh, overall, are uh, 24-4 and over the last two years. So pretty darn good uh, since turning the keys over uh, to Mr. Mallott. Also, the fact that he's sort of an undersized, understated kid from Butte, Montana. And, you know, he's got this aw shucks personality, but he's also, like, smart as a whip. And he's got the nickname Touchdown Tommy, and there was like the connection with Troy Anderson. Honestly, you want to know who who really made Tommy Mallott into the level of star that he is in the Big Sky? It's Troy Anderson, because during that playoff run, they would sit up there at the post game press conference, and Troy Anderson doesn't want to say anything about nothing. But if you ask him about his teammates, especially Tommy Mallott, he'll lay it on thick. And so that was kind of the thing that made this sort of uh, urban legend of Tommy Mallott begin. Well, and that's probably the right answer because he's just, he's so recognizable too. We we talk about like him having the baby face all the time, but he it just makes him so instantly recognizable uh, to people on the street, I guess. No doubt, and, and you know he was one of the first guys to get the merchandise. He got the Tommy touchdown shirt for touchdown Tommy, whichever way you want to say it, uh, from our guys at Up Top, and and so you know there you go. That that's kind of. The way that the legend began. Okay, so how about best pro prospect? I think this one's a little bit more muddy because I think that there's a lot of guys that are could could play their way into being this definitive uh, best pro guy in the league. Uh, but I don't know if there's a front runner in the clubhouse for this one either. Yeah, there are a bunch of names here. Uh, it's tough for me not to say Hayden Hatton again because I think he is definitely a pro prospect. Uh, I like Sebastian Valdez at Montana State as a guy who's going to get a shot at the next level. For sure. Um, mostly, I, like, I mean, he, he's been productive. He's been good, but mostly it's just because of what he looks like. Like when the yep. scouts get to Bozeman, they see this guy. I mean, he's 6'4", 290 with lean, mean fighting machine. <laughs> he's a very scary-looking individual. Um, I like um, a guy like maybe David Hogue at Northern Colorado if he comes back from this injury playing himself into contention. But I, I would have to go, I think, with Marshall Martin, who's the guy for the tight end for Sac State, who's another yep. just example of sort of uh, what they look like, right? And a guy who's going to have a much bigger role in that Sac State offense this year, you would think, although he wasn't any slouch last year. 
he has to, for me, Marshall Martin has to raise to the level where he is a truly, not just at the big sky or FCS or even college football level, but at the profes- professional football level, he needs to raise to the level where he's an elite route runner out of the slot and an elite pass catcher out of the slot. Because he does have his, his physical makeup, he looks the part, but he's also one of those guys where he just doesn't, just doesn't have the mass really to be an inline blocker. Evan Ingram just got signed to a big contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Marshall Martin's like Evan Ingram light, right? Evan Ingram goes about 6'3", 235, 240. Not that burly of a dude, but really, really, really athletic. That's kind of where Marshall Martin's at, too. He's about 6'3", 225, 230 pounds. So if he can prove he's elite out of the slot, I just I don't think anybody's going to take a, a chance on him as a sort of two-way tight end, but as a pass-catching sort of flexed-out Y-style tight end, well, definitely. That, that's the way the league is going, too. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. New is now, ESPN Radio, the uh, Montana Football Hour. Um, Another guy who's probably, he, well, he's not probably, he's certainly, I think, two years away, but I think has a ton of upside, and he also just has, he's going to have the pedigree and the uh, the longevity to be a pro prospect is Rush Reimer, who's going to be a four-year starter by the time it's all said and done there at Montana State. He's played both tackle spots. He can play both tackle spots proficiently. He's big and could get bigger. Really athletic, moves really well. So I think he's definitely one. How about the big boy in the middle here in Missoula for the Grizzlies? Alex Gubner's a really interesting one because I think that if you were a scout and you're just watching, and, and, and I don't mean this as any sort of uh, demeaning talk about Alex Gubner, he's one of my favorite players that I've covered for the Grizz, period. I love him. I think he plays so hard. But if you just saw him walking on and off the practice field, you'd be like, oh, okay, he's, he's a little bit shorter than we want in our prototype D tackles. Maybe the arms are a little short. But then you watch him play. He has, I think, next-level explosiveness. Uh, and I think he absolutely has a pro-level motor. He has the, one of the great motors that I've seen for an interior defensive lineman in this league over the last 10 years. Yeah, he's got really exceptional tape because the Grizz do a lot of things with <laughs> That's him. That's right. Uh, he yeah. has actually some of the most unorthodox tape you'd, you'll ever see no it's, matter what. It's really wild to just watch him from the snap. If you watch him, I mean, even for just the space of a drive, five, six, for seven sure. plays, count the different things that the Grizz are doing with him, count the different responsibilities that he has on the field, you'd be astounded. That's the that's the part is most defensive tackles in the Big Sky Conference have maybe a couple plays where they truly get to show their open field speed. I can think of three plays just in my head right now where Alex Gubner, in this Grizz voodoo defense that they run, him dropping into pass coverage, into sort of like zero coverage in a zone in the middle of the field, and then the other team running a screen pass basically to exploit that, and him coming downhill like a freaking freight train and drilling guys. He had one play last year where he did exactly that, and not only did he come downhill and make the tackle, he shed a blocker first and then made the tackle. His ability to run in space and come downhill at you is uh, is unbelievable. So I think he's one of those guys where if scouts come, if they watch him play and then they watch the tape, I think that accelerates his chances so much. Well, and you only need one team to really like that and to take a chance on you. You only need one scout uh, to see what we're seeing in the tape and to sort of be beating the table for you at the end of the year. So 
Um, I, I do like his chances of getting that sort of attention from a couple of teams. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. What are the projected starting lineups for both Montana and Montana State? The Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. We'll break it all down right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. So you can think this is just bubblegum pop, teeny bopper stuff, 1980s for the teenage girls. And you're right. You're totally 100% right. I still think if you need something to watch, if you're just on the endless scrolling machine, you can't figure it out, watch the new Wham! documentary. It's fascinating for no other reason than these two young kids decided they wanted to be famous when they were like 16 years old. They cut a demo tape. They started shopping it around. By the time they were 18... They got a couple singles, and then boom, that song right there. They're on top of the pops. They performed that song right there, Young Guns, and boom, they got themselves a top 10 hit. Then the hits keep on coming, and these guys are international superstars. All the while, George Michael, the, the sort of star of the show for Wham, he becomes this unparalleled icon, particularly because of his sex appeal and how good-looking he was. And is well, he's passed away now, but I mean, was for the duration of his career. And all the while, he is gay and he hasn't admitted it to the world yet. But in this sort of ironic uh, chain of events, that's actually why it became so sustainable, why he became the star that emerged out of it. He didn't have so many of these distractions, even though these guys were probably the most beloved in terms of pinups and teenage girls and all that. Just watch the doc. It's really, really interesting. Again, even if you think that's just total teeny bopper bubblegum pop, I totally get it. You're right. It is. It's just a very fascinating analysis of how you used to be able to rise to fame so rapidly, but also what it took to sustain that fame and all the things that can impede that fame. What is now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Montana Football Hour here uh, on your Monday. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Blackfoot Communications, the proud sponsor of the uh, Montana Football Hour. Uh, a couple things before we get back into the starting lineups for both the Grizz and the Cats. First of all, I found my PlayStation 2 from when I was like in middle school and high school. Now, I haven't played video games in quite some time. It's not that I dislike video games. I, in fact, very much love sports video games. I just don't have any time for that anymore. And I understand that. It's so fun. But it's also a time suck. I, I just had to admit that to myself, whatever. But I found this PlayStation, and the game is NCAA 2004. That's the only game I got left. Well, guess who happens to be in NCAA 2004? Mr. Larry Johnson, one of the great running backs in Penn State history, one of the great Big Ten running backs ever. I got my Larry Johnson signed autograph picture here uh, in the studio if you're watching on television. So uh, text us, 406-888-1029. Should I hook up my PS2? Should I start a little 2004 Penn State dynasty? I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to try it once. I don't know if I'm going to let it uh, really consume me, but I'm definitely going to try it once. The other one is, how about this kid? This has been making the rounds uh, around Twitter. This, uh, this kid from uh, recently, most recently at least, from Rice, uh, Bradley Rosner, 
He transferred to North Carolina State today. He caught 10 touchdowns last year at Rice. Why is this newsworthy? Why are we talking about Bradley Rosner? Well, I think it's because he is an example of just how wild and unprecedented college football still is with the lingering effects of the pandemic, the lingering side effects of the pandemic. Bradley Rosner started college in 2016. He will now get a bonus eighth year at NC State. Rosner was injured at Cisco Junior College for two years and then got to be a redshirt freshman and a redshirt sophomore there. Then in 2020, he sat out the COVID year with an injury. Then he was a redshirt junior at Rice in 2021. And 2022, he was a redshirt senior at Rice. And then he gets that year that he missed with the injury and the COVID all the way back. I don't know. I hope if you're in your eighth year of college football, you're a pretty good player. (laughs) I mean, it's just not even the same thing. You're probably going against guys that are six or seven or eight years younger than you. Andy Thompson, the head coach of Sac State, put this in perspective last time I talked to him on the phone. He was like, right now, I got guys in my locker room where one dude was in sixth grade when another dude on my team started college. That's how far apart these guys are now in age. If you have an incoming freshman and you know a seventh-year senior. It's just wild. I don't know. I don't think that's in the spirit of the game. Keep the texts coming in for subjects you want to hear about, but one subject that you told us you wanted to hear about was starting lineups for both the Cats and the Grizz. So we'll start with the offenses, and we'll start with the Grizz. First of all, a note on the Grizz offense, a note on one of the Grizz senior offensive linemen. Speaking of super seniors, Chris Walker, a former Nebraska transfer, who's in his seventh year of college football, he, earlier this week, was named to the Shrine Game watch list. One of a thousand seniors from across college football named to that watch list. South Dakota State, I had six or seven of these guys on the list. Uh, I think that's the difference. That's why they're de- the defending national champs. But still, a, a, a cool uh, feather in the cap for the uh, the Grizz senior left tackle. So he certainly is going to be a starter there. I guess we'll just start with the offensive line because I think Chris Walker, definitely the starter at left guard, or excuse me, left tackle. The starting guards are going to be uh, Hunter McGinnis, who's also a super senior, and Journey Grimsrud, who's one of the the better stories on the Grizz right now, a converted defensive lineman out of Huntley Project who broke in the starting lineup last year at guard uh, down the stretch for the Grizz. The right tackle is going to be Brandon Casey for the third year in a row, and then A.J. Forbes will be the starting center. I think that's the fourth year in a row that Forbes has been the starting center, at least third, maybe fourth year in a row. Uh, so certainly a veteran offensive front for the Grizzlies. Uh, their backups, probably the main tackle backups, are Colin Dries and Dylan Botner. Uh, Kakila Lincoln can play both the guard and center spots, as can Declan McCabe. Leon Brown is probably the guy that's next up at guard. That's who Grimsrud overtook, but Brown started for a, a good amount of, of last year as a redshirt freshman, so he's a guy that has game reps as well. I think he could be a guy that plays either guard spot or a tackle spot. I think Leon Brown's probably what you'd call the swing guy, right? I think he could be guard or tackle if anybody went down. But but certainly uh, a higher priority on guard. So that, that's sort of your too deep there uh, for the Grizz offensive front. Quarterback, uh, and, and by the way, the fact that that's pretty defined, I think that's a good thing for Montana. I think it's been a minute since they've had sort of a defined too deep. So I, I do think that having a unit, a number one unit and a number two unit, that's pretty defined. I think that's a good thing. The, the big question, though, is can any of those guys on the twos play if any of the guys on the ones go down? Are the guys that are next up, are they ready? Drees and Botner and Brown were all sort of high-profile recruits, and now they've been in the program for several years. 
are they ready to go? If and when they're called upon, can they roll? I think that'll be huge for the Grizz. Quarterback, from what I saw in the spring, it was Sam Vidlak all day long as the starter, but they did bring in, the Grizz did bring in a, a transfer, Clifton McDowell. He spent time at uh, Louisiana, then at a junior college, then at Central Arkansas, and now he's here. He came on the show. He's an interesting guy. He's, he's got a, a big, strong frame. I think he's a dual-threat type guy. So is he going to primarily be uh, splitting reps as the backup with Chris Brown, or can any of those two, either of those two guys challenge Sam Vidlak, who's the transfer uh, from Boise State by way of Oregon State? Uh, we'll see. Running back, I think Dick Osmo is the leader in the clubhouse, but I do think this is going to be a deep group. I talked to somebody close to the situation over the weekend, and they were saying that Eli Gilman has made as big a strides as anybody in the program. Uh, he's squatting over 600 pounds. He is certainly uh, a guy that was a highly regarded recruit out of the Minneapolis area. He was the Minnesota Player of the Year as a junior. So look out for Eli Gilman. He's a guy that, that could steal some carries and even surpass some even more familiar names like Xavier Harris, like Isaiah Childs. Uh, so we'll see. And then probably the fifth guy that could break in maybe is Iverson Young. But I don't know if they're going to need him, at least this year. Iverson Young's a three-star recruit, one of the bigger recruits the Grizz have ever gotten out of Texas. So uh, where does he fit in the mix? Do, do they want to use his four games and, and maintain the red shirt? Or do you just want to kick it down the road? I don't know. Starting lineups for the Grizz, Montana football hour. Uh, wide receiver, Junior Bergen, Aaron Fonts, Ryan Simpson, and Keelan White are all sure to get plenty of reps. Uh, but who else is next after those guys? That's, I think, another question of, of depth. I think that if you have those four guys, you're, you're at least fine, if not good. But as we know, it's just never it just never happens where everybody stays healthy. But can Sam Alford take the next step as a redshirt freshman? He was a big-time recruit out of Utah. Drew Dex, a guy that's been in the program for three years, kid out of, out of Glacier High School. Nick Williams is a guy with a ton of upside as a six foot five wide receiver who had a, a pretty good fall camp last year. Sawyer Rockadelli is a kid that they brought in as a transfer from Washington, but then he tore his ACL. So where are we at with him? So I do think that, that the battle for the, the next group of wide receivers is going to be big for the Grizzlies. Tight end sounded more and more like Cole Grossman's going to be out for the year, at least the beginning of the year. The really talented tight end for the Grizz. Uh, sources say had a uh, an off-season surgery on his knee, and he's been training down in Arizona. So we'll see uh, if he can make his way back this year or not. But the tight end room is one that's uh, certainly uh, in flux. Eric Barker's back. He was the other uh, guy that got substantial time at, at tight end. But Joey Elwell stepped away from the game. He was sort of the, the uh, H-back slash fullback for the Grizz. And then Peyton Brammer, who's a kid that came out of uh, Washington, who was uh, a, a big-time prospect who then got hurt in high school, and the Grizz were sort of his last offer. That's uh, Brammer also decided to step away from the game. Uh, and then when it comes to we gave you the offensive line for the Grizz uh, at the kicker spot, Nico Ramos. I think he's the, uh, the uh, leader in the clubhouse uh, coming back for his seventh year with the um, – Grizz special teams. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Blackfoot Communications is a great way to stay connected, whether it's your office, your home office, you want to get on their fiber network, visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot Communications can help you and your small business. How about the Montana State offense? Well, left tackle, 
I think you're going to see Rush Reimer, but he was working a lot at guard uh, during the um, spring series. Connor Moore, who's a, a redshirt freshman who they're really high on there at MSU, he was getting most of the reps at uh, left tackle during the spring. I, I do think they have a lot of guys with position versatility, so this is really going to be a battle for their top five and their top eight. So I'm just going to give you the guys that I think their top five, or their top five and their top eight. I, I think that Rush Reimer, Justice Perkins, who's almost certainly going to be the starting center, J.T. Reed, and Omar uh, Abedian who split time at guard last year. I think those two guys are, are both going to be heavily in the mix at guard. I think Cole Sane is another guy that could be in the mix at guard or center. Marcus Weir is back from an injury, the Billings Central product. Jacob Kettles is also back. He filled in for Weir when he broke his leg, and Kettles was good, but he was hurt during uh, spring ball. So I think that's kind of your group there. I think they're going to try to figure out who fits in best where, but I do think that you got... Great depth at guard. I think that Reed, Abedian, and uh, Ware can also play guard. Sane can also play guard. So you got really good guards there at MSU. If Connor Moore takes the next step, uh, and then he and uh, either Ware or Kettles or Reimer, I mean, that's another good group of tackles. And I think Perkins is one of the better centers in the league. Do they have depth at center, though? What happens if Perkins goes down? Cole Sane was working a lot at center. Uh, in the uh, in the spring, so so we'll see. But I think Montana State certainly uh, a lot of depth on the offensive front. At quarterback, it, it's certainly Tommy Malott and Sean Chambers as your one-two punch. Do they find any reps for a third quarterback? We'll see. They definitely tried that during spring ball. We'll see if it continues. And then is that third quarterback redshirt freshman Jordan Reed or true freshman Chance Wilson? Uh, that remains to be seen as well. The running backs room at MSU, Kagan Williams, as we reported at Skyline Sports last week, uh, he has walked away from the program. He suffered a season-ending neck injury before the year last year, and uh, that knocked him uh, out, and he he hasn't been able to heal up from that. So I I believe he's walking away from the game in general, but he's certainly walking away from Montana State. He's not on the roster anymore. A former transfer from San Diego State who was supposed to be the starter last year but never played it down at at MSU. But the, uh, the rest of the running backs... I mean, I, I, I don't really think that there's a pecking order here because I think whoever the the freshest and the hottest is going to get the majority of the carries, but I also think they know how to get three, four, five running backs carries because their offense is so run heavy. So I think all the guys that are in the mix for carries include Elijah Elliott, who's been good his first couple years there at MSU, Marky Johnson, who was a breakout player after switching from wide receiver last year, Jared White, who's a highly regarded freshman, who then broke his leg earlier, early in the year last year and redshirted. Garrett Kuhn, a former Wyoming uh, Gatorade Player of the Year. And then one of my favorite guys, Lane Sumner, a Huntley Project uh, product who's been uh, so, so good when he's healthy. That's just been the biggest question mark for him. How does he stay healthy? As far as the receivers go, uh, Taco Dowler is going to be out at least early in the season. We'll see if he can make his way back, but he was certainly a breakout player as a freshman last year, former Montana Gatorade Player of the Year uh, out of Billings West. Cleveland Thomas, who's a former transfer from Kentucky, he's moved to the outside at wide receiver, so I think he'll probably be Montana State's starting Z. The starting X spot is going to be a competition between several young guys, namely Christian Anaye, who was one of the more heralded guys in their recruiting class two years ago, and Aiden Garrigan is a walk-on receiver out of Texas. And then the inside spot, Dowler would certainly provide competition for, for Junior Alexander, but Dowler, with Dowler out, uh, Junior Alexander, Lanyata Alexander is actually his name, but he goes by Junior. 
a former four-star recruit and uh, transfer from Washington. I think he's going to be the guy there on the inside. At tight end, you got Trayton Pickering, who's an all-league type guy. And then Ryan Lonergan, who's a highly regarded kid out of Bozeman High School, uh, had some Mountain West interest coming out of high school, hasn't really been able to break out of the field. Part of that's because he's been behind Pickering and, and Derek Snell, who's listed as a fullback, but but is a tight end sometimes as well. But Lonergan, he can really run. Uh, can he do the other things that MSU needs him to do in the offense to, to find his way on the field? Uh, we shall see. So there's your starting offensive lineups for at least projected for both the Cats and the Grizz. Andrew will give me a reaction on that here in just a little bit, as well as we'll do some defense stuff as well. Keep it right here. The Montana Football Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications rolls on. It's ESPN Radio. When I was like seven or eight, I got this Walkman. Those of a certain age remember. Portable tape player, basically. It wasn't even a CD player. It was a tape player. And it had Tetris on it. So it was like a little Game Boy with Tetris. But you could also play a tape out of it and put the headphones on. Man, I thought I was so cool. My mom used to teach like workout classes, like aerobics classes, 1980s style. Uh, when we live in this tiny little town in Nevada, there's probably 500 people live in this town. But my dad ran a, a Taekwondo dojo that also had a gym in there. So my mom would help him with the Taekwondo where he would teach, but also uh, she would also teach fitness classes, aerobics classes. So she used to make these tapes of all like the hit music from the 80s. So one of the tapes, my favorite tape that I got when the, with this uh, Walkman was... A, a two-sided tape. One side, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Then the other side was Wham! Make it big. <laughs> Talking about getting baptized in the in the uh, the hits of the 1980s. Thanks for the, the music acclamation, Ma. Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Montana Football Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can provide the right service for you and your small business. We went over the uh, potential sort of slated offensive starters. Uh, We'll get to the defense here in just a quick minute. Andrew, did I miss anything, or was there any uh, sort of striking impressions you had about any of that, uh, those uh, projected starters? Uh, I don't think you missed anything. I think the the overall impression, especially for... Uh, from the Grizz side of things, is that um, the depth looks really good this year. You need that depth to produce some some really top-level, all-conference-level players. I think that, I mean, we've seen how important depth can be, yeah. especially oh, yeah. at those wide receiver and running back positions uh, the last couple of years for the Grizz. I think they're doing really well from that standpoint. I think all the running backs you listed are, are really good players. I think the top four wide receivers are all really good players. You gotta have the cream rise to the top at those positions. Though somebody's gotta break out of that's that right. depth that's and right. become the guy. That, that I think that's exactly it. It's the double-edged sword, right? On one hand, you can't identify who among like the let's take the Grizz wide receivers for example. There's several candidates, but you can't identify definitively who is the one 
that could and should be an all-conference receiver. But the fact you have multiple that could be is a good thing. Someone's just got to rise up, grab the brass ring, and also stay healthy. Someone's got to do It's just like basketball culture. Yeah. The roles are so important, right? Yep. You need to have that one guy, and then everybody else knows what that role is. You, I mean, it knows what their role is after them. I mean, you say it's, it's good to have four or five quality receivers, four or five good running backs. That is well and good, but you, you need to have the, the one who's going to be the first name on the scouting report every week. Eli Gilman's such an intriguing guy for the Grizzlies to me because if he rose up and overtook Nick Ostmo and um, Xavier Harris, it, it wouldn't be that crazy to me. That would be... Uh, that would suck for those two guys, but they. I mean, that's the thing at the running back position. You're still going to get a lot of burn if you're. And it wouldn't top. even be that bad for those guys, no, for right? Because sure. both of those guys have defined strengths and weaknesses. No, and suddenly, right. if you're not the every down guy yep. and you're just sort of the rotation guy who's being used where you can best leverage your skills, yep. that's good for those guys. I do think the Grizz have a chance to be better at quarterback. I think they have a chance to be deeper and better at running back, wide receiver, and on the offensive line. To me, the biggest hole for the Grizzlies is tight end. We still are sort of uncertain about the actual details of what's going on with Cole Grossman, but he is certainly rehabbing from an injury, and there is speculation that he may not, may not be back for the beginning part of uh, the season, if not missed the entire season. So we'll see what happens with that. But the other thing is Eric Barker is the only other proven guy coming back at that position. Peyton Brammer is out. Joey Elwell, out. Can... Uh, the big kid out of Butte become uh, Jake Olson become a viable option there at tight end. How about Joe Wida out of Missoula Sentinel or Micah Alston, who's looks the part all day. The Grizzlies don't have a ton of tight ends on their roster, so losing multiple tight ends is not ideal. No, I wonder if we see more movement there. They've already brought in the the Evan Schaefer kid. Uh, who I think was a, a D2 transfer. transfer. He's huge. A gigantic. Yeah. I, so I don't even know if he sticks to tight end. He's listed at like 6'5", 250, which is, is pushing it. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if we see um, some more some more action there. This is a total side note, but you want to know the kid I can't stop uh, thinking back on? I talked a bunch with Kyle Mahelish at Coach Marty's camp on Friday. Kyle Mahelish, the head coach of Helena Capital, he was there because his son Merrick Mahelish was one of the participants in, in Coach Marty's quarterback camp. And we were just talking about the Shrine Game experience and some of the guys that Mahelish got a chance to coach for the first time and who he liked and all that. But I can't stop thinking about that kid from Helena High who was playing tight end for the West. This kid was like 6'7", 265 pounds. He, he wasn't a D1 tight end, but he looked like a guy, if I was a, a D1 coach, I would say, okay, bud, you're going to come over here, you start working with the offensive line, we're going to turn you into a project, because his frame was just massive. I I, that, I, heard, I heard through the grapevine that kid's going to go play basketball at the NAIA level, which good, good for, for him. him. Good for him, but like... I just haven't seen a frame that looked like that in a couple of years. The biggest just standout eye test guy, and the thing is, that I mean, he was towering over the other guys on the West offensive line who are all going D one on a, on the offensive line, and he got a ton of targets in that Tons. game. I think just because he was the biggest guy on the field, and the quarterbacks uh, playing in a bit of an unfamiliar offense, and with unfamiliar guys around him, just sort of a defaulted to uh, the gigantic six seven guy over the middle. He got a bunch of targets in that game. That's the Grizz and the Cats on offense. How about the Grizz and the Cats on defense? We'll do that on the other side. Plus, I got some thoughts on quarterback, the Netflix docuseries. And uh, running is for everybody, at least so they say. Uh, we have uh, an interesting and unorthodox 
running event here in the community. Uh, and we got Mark Peterson coming on to talk about it about 530 as well. Plus, we got another set of Paddleheads tickets too. All that next. Hour number two coming at you. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 